Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Who's ready for a blessing today? Who's ready to be touched by God? Who's ready to be taken to the next level in worshiping Him and praising Him and just knowing more about Him and giving your all to Him so that He can step in and just touch you in His own special way? Well, if you're ready for all that, let's prepare for today's message. And in so doing, uh, let's spend a little time in praise and worship together with our God and let's uh, just lift our hands and praise Him and know that He is indeed our God and let's uh, just let Him minister to us and you minister to Him too in your own special way and just know that uh, um, our God is indeed our God. Let's listen and worship uh, along with You Are My God by Don Moen. Praise God.
Praise God, praise God, praise God. Heavenly Father, most magnificent God, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we come before you this day. You are indeed our God, O Lord, and we lift you up on high and we adore you and praise thy most wondrous name, O Lord. You are our Savior. You are our all in all. You are Lord God, creator of the universe, O Lord God. You are everything in our lives, O Lord. We praise you in the matchless name of Jesus, and we come before you this day, first and foremost, with thanksgiving in our hearts. We thank you, Lord God, for this precious, wonderful day of life, because this is the day that you have made, and we shall indeed rejoice and be also glad in it, O Lord. We thank you, Heavenly Father God, for all of those things that we take also for granted in this life. Every single breath, every single heartbeat, O Lord God. The roofs over our heads, the food on our table, our family, friends, loved ones, the Lord God. We just praise you and just magnify thy most glorious name because you are only worthy of our praise, O Lord. As we've gathered here this day to worship you and to praise you, Lord God, and to listen to your word, we ask that you just continue to be here with us, commune with us, O Lord God, as we study and hear your word today. We ask, O Lord God, that there would be in the name of Jesus a special and precious anointing of thy wondrous Holy Spirit, O Lord. Touch us in your own special way, in the name of Jesus, O Lord. We ask that you look deeply into our hearts, search our hearts, O Lord God, that we may just just want to be just fully engulfed by your presence, O Lord. We ask, O Lord God, that you reach out to each of us individually, Lord, because you know the needs, you know the desires, you know what's going on in everyone's life, O Lord God. So we ask that you minister to us in your own special way. We just praise you and just magnify thy most glorious name. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and praise. I pray that everyone within the sound of my voice, O Lord God, will feel a move of thy precious, wondrous Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Lord Jesus, to just walk amongst us that we may remember to reach out and touch the very hem of your garment. Yes, Lord Jesus, we love you and we welcome you. Lord God, without further ado, Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space again over to you. Take it where you will. Minister to us. Speak to us in your own special way. We thank you, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And I ask you, who is happy to be alive, O Lord God, in the house of the Lord here today? Praise God, praise God. Well, then moving forward in looking at things that are going on around us, and it is always our desire in hearing the word that we would be looking forward to some special revelations from Holy Spirit, from some, some inside knowledge, so to speak, so God can help us with our Christian walks here on this earth. And God knows we need help with our walks here uh, on this earth, with things that, that are going on around us today. And God only knows that in today's times it is challenging to be a Christian. It's challenging to be a child of God. In this time, it is just as important to be strong in the Lord as in biblical times. The forces of darkness haven't changed any. As a matter of fact, they've probably stepped up their attacks against us as Christians and society in general based on what's going on around us. Satan knows that time is running out and so therefore he's stepping up his attacks. Knowing this, how do we cope? How do we live our day-to-day -day lives with all that's going on around us? How do we cope? How do we prepare or condition ourselves to live in this day and age? 
The answer is for us to become stronger in God and closer to God. To no longer live our lives as Christian babes being tossed to and fro by every single doctrine, by every single thought, or every single ungodly lifestyle that, that, that tries to invade our lives. And we see so much of that going on today. One of the true signs, talking of spiritual growth and maturity, one of the true signs of spiritual growth and maturity is knowing how to wait on God. Okay? Knowing how to wait on God. It's one of the most important things that we can do as we seek to mature and grow in God. You know, we, 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 we overlook this uh, um, critical point on, in knowing how to wait on God because we try to get so technical sometimes in, in how we pray and how we position ourselves before the Lord. You know, but the, the very, very basic fundamental thing which leads to such profound growth in a child of God is knowing how to wait on Him. How many of you out there have known what it is like to wait on God? I wish I could actually see, see a raise of hands here. I wish we were all together in one sanctuary here. But it would be interesting to see how many hands went up. How many have you known what it is like to wait on God? Okay. Well, as usual, let's go to the Word of God let's for some insights here. And uh, we will start with going to the book of James. Amen. Okay. What's it like to wait on God? The book of James. And we're going to go to chapter 1. We get so caught up in our day-to-day life experience that we forget that knowing how to wait on God is something that is so important. Amen. James 1 and starting with uh, uh, chapter, I'm sorry, James chapter 1, starting with verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or various temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. Knowing this, the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect in all, I'm sorry, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Let him ask in faith, Nothing wavering, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Okay? So, so see, right off the box there, it says it's talking about, first of all, to count it all joys when you have temptations or, 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 or even tribulations for that matter. Count it all joy because all of this is going to work together for your good, for your benefit. Verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. And then let patience have her perfect work in you, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if you're lacking wisdom, again, we're talking about growing in God here, getting some Christian maturity. If you lack lack wisdom, then you ask. You need to ask God because it says that God gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. Okay. And then also in verse number six, ask in faith, nothing wavering. Wavering, wavering is like a wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Okay, so again, here a sign of Christian maturity and growing is starting out here is is, is developing uh, uh, this patience and also knowing that you have to be steadfast and not waver in your faith. 
Okay, that God is indeed going to work in your life and bring to pass those things for which you've been praying. Remember that God is never in a hurry, but he is always on time. God is never in a hurry, but he's always on time. He will use your entire lifetime to prepare you for your role on earth as well as your role in eternity, which is forever and ever and ever. Be patient with God, okay, saints? You need to remember to to be patient with God and also to be patient with yourself, okay? One of life's biggest frustrations is that God's timetable is rarely the same as ours, all right? We think we have it all laid out, but God's timetable is very, very seldom the same as our timetable. We are often in a hurry when God isn't. Simple as that. You may be in a hurry for some things, but, but God, God isn't necessarily. You may feel frustrated with the seemingly slow progress you're making here in life. You know, we look around us, we maybe see others that we think are advancing in leaps and bounds with a much faster pace. So therefore, sometimes we think that we are coming along painfully slow, all right? But God's time is not your time. The Bible, the Bible is filled with examples of how God uses a long, drawn-out process to develop character. You know, it, it, he took, God took 80 years to prepare Moses, including 40 of Moses' life that was in the wilderness, you know. And if you do the math there, just an interesting fact, for 14,600 days, 14,600 days, that's 40 years, Moses kept waiting and wondering, are we there yet? Oh, God, are we yet there yet? How long do I stay in this wilderness? But God kept saying, not yet. Not yet. It wasn't God's time. I'm sure Moses and all of those people that were there in the desert with him were, were, were ready to be done with this. But 40 years, 40 years, and God was saying, not yet. And also, you know, contrary to popular, you know, there are those book titles you may remember, you know, Seven Steps to Success, and uh, what are some of those other titles? Uh, 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 secret, uh, secret Ways of Instant uh, Achievement or Secrets of, of uh, Getting Instant Achievement in Life. Well, you know, those books, those books don't work where God is concerned. When God wants to make a giant oak, what does he do? He takes a hundred years. When he wants to make a mushroom, he does it overnight, okay? And those of you that have backyards and things like that and you grass, I mean, God knows I, I can go to bed one night and wake up in the morning and all of a sudden I see a handful of mushrooms sprinkled throughout the lawn. Where did they come from? It's like it does it overnight. But God will take his time with, 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 with building, creating a, a, a mighty oak tree and let it span a hundred years for it to grow to its fullness, you know? Great souls in life, great souls are grown through struggles and storms and seasons of challenges. So we have to be patient with the process, okay? Everything's in God's time. What God is building and the work that he's doing in you, it may seem like for you it's taking forever, but you have to rest and understand that God knows what he's doing. In Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3, it says in there that we should not get discouraged. When Habakkuk came depressed because he didn't think God was acting quickly enough, God had this to say. You know, he told him how to be patient and to wait, you know, to write things down on a tablet as he went along on this journey. Okay? And remember that a delay in life, a delay in your life, is not necessarily a denial from God. All right? 
Just because there's something that you've been praying for, something you've been urgently expecting, desiring to happen, you know, just because it hasn't materialized that yet and there's a delay in the process, it doesn't mean that God has denied you. Okay, you have to remember that 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 you've come far. You've you've made some progress in your journey. Remember how far you've come. Okay, not far, not just how far you have to go. You see, and if many of us think back and compare our our Christian lives, our spiritual walk, you know, with how we were five years ago, ten years ago, and longer, depending on how old you are, you can see if you really stop and think think about it, you've made some progress. You have indeed moved forward. Okay, so so measure your success on what you have done so far, where God has brought you, and don't think so much and dwell on so much about how far I have to go. Gee whiz, I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that. Boy, it seems like I'm never going to get there. Don't dwell on that for the time being. Think about where God has brought you, okay? And he's faithful to keep being there and working with you, okay? You may not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be, all right? Let me repeat that. Say that to you again, okay? You may not be where you want to be, but neither are you where you used to be. Think about that, okay? Think about how you struggled before. Think about how when, when, when issues of life came up to you before, I mean, you really, really went, went bonkers because you didn't know how to cope and deal with the things of life. Whereas now, hopefully anyway, when, 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 when uh, the things of life, when uh, challenges pop up, all right, you don't take it quite as negatively and quite as badly as you used to. Hopefully you've been growing some in God and you've learned how to relax and to learn how to rely on God to get you through the issues of life. But think about the think about, about where you've come from. Okay, instead of worrying so much about where you want to be. All right. Uh, years ago, you know, people wore a popular button. I don't know if any of you have seen this, but the letters is kind of strong and jumbled up, long and drum, jumbled up. But the, uh, the button that they wore was uh, PBPG. I-N-F-W-M-Y. Okay? Sounds, sounds kind of silly. All right? But the, the letters stood for, please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Please be patient. God is not finished with me yet. Understand, saints of God, God isn't finished with you. No way. He's not finished with you. Okay? He's not finished with you either. So keep on moving forward. Even the snail reached the ark by persevering. By not giving up, by just moving on, moving on, moving on in small increments at times, okay? Yeah. Sometimes what we need to do is that we need to talk it over with ourselves. Yeah, think about that. You need to talk this over, over, over with, with yourself, you know? And if you're a good listener, you may hear what you're trying to say to yourself, amen? All right? But, but how is God, you know, think this over with yourself. How is God using a season of, uh, of challenges, in your life to develop your character. You've had some challenges in life. Maybe there's been a season of challenges, you know, where over a period of time, that period of time could have been a week, two weeks, a month, several months. Maybe it's been years. I, I don't know. You know, but, but think about that. How is God using these seasons of challenge in your life to develop your character? Why is it so hard for you to be patient? Even when I believe that God is at work. Okay. So stop and ask yourself that question. Gee whiz, I, I'm, I'm so impatient. Lord, when are you going to do this? I know you're at work, Lord, but, 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 but why am I feeling so impatient? Okay. What promises from God or experiences from my past can I remember that encourage me as I wait on God's timing? 
Think about things that happened to you in the past where God worked things out for you. And how in the past even there were some things that you were waiting and hoping and praying for that did not indeed happen overnight. Yet still God did a thing for you. He brought you through, you know. And I encourage so many people to think about those times, all right? You know, I have one thing you've probably recalled me saying, I always encourage, um, you know, young married couples that when they're first getting together in the first apartment that they have or house that they have, and it may be small or whatever, but take pictures of that. Take pictures of your, of your furniture. Take pictures of your, of, your, of, your, of your decor and so forth. And then as time moves on in life and as God promotes you up in life and you, and you, you, you get out of that smaller apartment, you go to a larger one, you buy a house, you get a bigger house and so on, and, and the, the furnishings are much nicer and so forth, you look back as to how your apartment was back when you were first starting out. You know? And look how God has brought you along. Look at the long way that you've come since, since being in, in those smaller conditions. Well, that's how God is working in your life spiritually. Okay, from a Christian walk position. You may have started out small. You may have started as a babe. But look how you are growing in God. Okay, and if you've been in the Lord, if you've accepted Jesus Christ for any period of time, you will have noted that there are some differences between how you, um, how you manage reality, so to speak, and the issues of life today as compared to how they were, how you managed them before. Okay, let's go to Galatians, the book of Galatians. Praise the living God. God is such a good God, and He is there. Galatians 6. Thank you, Jesus. Pages sticking together here. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians, thank you, Lord. Galatians 6. And we want to go to verse number, praise God. Galatians 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. Verse 9 again. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. All things are in God's timing. And you will benefit if you faint not and do not give up. Don't be weary in whatever it is that you're doing in life. The job that you currently have, do it well. Okay, where you're living, live there well. Okay, the people that are, are around you, treat them well, well. And don't be, don't be, be, uh, don't get weary of doing that. Because your time will come. The time will come. Just don't give up. Faint not. Because you will indeed see the hand of God moving in your life. So don't get tired of it. Okay? Just keep on trudging along. Sometimes in the waiting room of life, you know, you can choose to, to trust God instead of panicking. You also need to remember two things. One, God is never in a hurry. One, God is never in a hurry. Two, and two, God is never late. God's timing is always perfect. 
Here we're talking about spiritual growth today and how you can grow in the Lord. Well, these are some fundamental things that you can, that, that most Christians, we don't think about, you know, many of the times that we're, we're striving to grow or striving for di- various things in life. But these, these fundamental truths will help you to grow in the Lord. Remembering that God is never in a hurry and that too, number two, God is never late. His timing is always perfect. Okay? And what happens in those times where it appears that God is late? God is getting you ready for a breakthrough. Amen? When something is dragging on and being pulled out and you don't see the answers, you don't know why it's taking you so long, God is preparing you. God is preparing you for a breakthrough. God's timing is perfect and His timing is never late. An example of God's perfect timing is in the book of John in the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Okay, now we won't go there today and read through it, but it's in John, uh, the book of John, chapter 11. But in summary, um, if you recall, Lazarus had become very sick. And his sisters Mary and Martha uh, had sent word to Jesus to come quickly to them. At this time, Jesus was with his disciples and he told them that this sickness will not end in death. Okay, he told them it, 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 the sickness will not end in death. Okay, it's for God's glory. So that God's Son may be glorified through it. Okay? You see? So he wasn't in a hurry to get there. Okay? They sent a message to him, hurry, quick, quick, quick. He's really, really ill, really, really ill. But he said, Jesus said, the sickness is not, is not to end up in death. It's for God's glory. Now, what, what is interesting is that Jesus loved Lazarus, the, uh, loved Lazarus, the Word of God says. Okay? Jesus loved him. Mary and Martha, you, 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 know, you know, and he loved, loved them also. But when he heard of the news, he stayed where he was for two more days. Okay? Now, here he loved, he loved Mary, Martha, and he loved Lazarus, but he got the Word. But he still, he said, he just didn't jump up and run. And, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, Lazarus is ill to, to death, to the point of, of dying. He stayed there for two more days. He didn't drop everything and just rush to heal Lazarus while he was sick. Okay? Because, again, God's timing is perfect. Okay? It even gets more interesting. All right? He didn't, he didn't rush just because he was sick. Okay? While, while he was sick, he didn't rush to get there to heal him. Then when Jesus arrived, he finds that Lazarus was dead and had already been in the tomb for four days. Okay? Four days he was in the tomb. All right, and, and uh, the word of God mentions that around the body stinketh and so forth. All right, now you would think that God's timing for sure here in this case is, is too late. I mean, here this guy is already dead. How much later can you get than that? They told him he was ill, but he just tarried and tarried. So now he's now he's dead. Okay, but Jesus, as we know, has the power over life and death because he is the creator of life, and he who is life. He who is life itself can certainly restore it. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? That's in John John 11, verse number 40. Okay, he said, so if, didn't I tell you this? That if you believed, and here again, there's that criterion, okay, that you believe. If you believed, you would see the glory of God. Now, at that time, there were many Jews there who, who uh, eyewitnessed this miracle. And afterwards, uh, they put their faith in Jesus by, upon seeing what was going on there. All right? Now, understand that God had a purpose and plan in raising Lazarus from the dead. If Jesus healed Lazarus, okay, if Jesus had healed Lazarus while he was sick, there would not have been as many people gathered there as there were when they came to mourn his death. 
Okay, God's timing is always perfect. Is always perfect, and God is glorified through the things that He does. All right. If if Jesus had showed up, get this understanding. If Jesus had showed up while He was sick, they were accustomed to seeing Jesus heal. If He had showed up and healed Lazarus while He was sick. It would not have had the same impact as it did when Jesus actually raised him from the dead. Okay, so again, it gets down to God's perfect timing. Okay, and all these Jews would not have put their trust in him the way they did if things had been done the other way around. Okay, so here we see the, 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 the thought here, the focus is don't give up your faith. Hold on. Keep praying and serving God. Keep sowing. Keep believing. Because you are getting ready for a miracle. Right? I say that to you today. I prophesy that to you today that you are getting ready for a miracle. The things that you are going through in life, the things that you're probably saying, oh Lord, why now? Oh Lord, what next? All right? You're getting prepared. You're being shaped. Last week I talked about separating wheat from the chaff and God is how God is molding you like clay and shaping you because God is getting you ready for a miracle. But you need to be in that place that you're ready to receive it and that you're capable of receiving that miracle. Okay? Now let's go to uh, the book of Jeremiah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The book of Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. And we want to go to verse number 11. Okay? Jeremiah 29, verse number number 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Okay? So here's saying the operative words, verses here is in verse number 11, where I was talking about do not give up and understand, you know, growing in, in the Lord and growing in, in a, a, a spiritual maturity is understanding where God is coming from in your life and understanding how God works and God's intentions towards you. This helps us all to grow. Alright, so in 11 he says there, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Okay, God has an expected end for you. God knows where he wants you to be. God knows where he, he, he is shaping you and getting you to that expected end. Alright, so what you have to realize is, 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 that, is that God's thoughts towards us are always thoughts of peace and not of evil. God is not thinking of anything that's going to be bad for you. Amen. He's not thinking of anything that's going to do you hurt or bring any harm into you and your life and your loved ones. God has wonderful, good thoughts towards you. Okay. Of peace. All right. And he has an expected end. So know that in, in maturing and growing in God. Know that, gee whiz, God has a place for me. God has taken me someplace. someplace. So why am I feeling so anxious? Why am I bent out of shape? Because I can't see where that place is. 
gee whiz, if God has me in that uh, place for me, what's taking him so long? I'm ready for that now. I'm ready. Well, maybe you think you're ready, okay? God knows your heart. God knows how you're still thinking. God knows your strengths. He also knows your weaknesses, okay? So you may think you're ready, but God is still building. God is still shaping and forming you. And he says there in verse number 12, he goes on to say that, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I'll hearken unto you. All right? So again, another biblical truth here. Okay? Knowing that God is looking, for, looking to do good things for you, and then it says that if you go to him and call on him and pray, that he's going to respond. He's going to hearken. He says in 13, And you shall seek me and find me. And then you shall search for me with all your heart. Okay, there it, again, there it is again, with all your heart. So if you're really, really feeling that things are not going fast enough, quickly enough in your life, it's just kind of dragging along. First of all, get some spiritual maturity or some growth in, in mind here. Think about what you is. God has a good place for me in mind. God has a good end for me. Whatever God is doing is something that is really a good thing. It's going to work out for me really, really well. So I'm going to just continue to call on the Lord and praying to him and worshiping him and, and praising him until he reveals to me where it is he wants me to be. Because God says that he will indeed hearken to you. All right. God already knows what he's going to do in your life next month, next year, the next decade as Jesus continues to, to tarry. You know, and, and his plan for you is really good. So learn to pray for breakthroughs. Develop. A daily habit of praying and seeking God with all of your heart. All right? There are laws of spiritual growth that we must follow to grow and mature in Christ. Just as God created the universe with physical laws like gravity, you know, and, and, and other physics, you know, the third, Newton's third law of thermodynamics and so on like that. God created all of these things. He also established spiritual laws that we must follow to mature in Christ. All right. Remember, I keep saying to you that 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 around for everything in the natural, for everything in the natural, there is a spiritual counterpart which is more real than the natural because the spiritual realm pre-existed the natural realm. The spirit realm existed way before God decided to create the physical. So these spiritual laws, okay, we must also follow in order to mature in Christ. All right. Prayer plays a vital role in our ability to grow up spiritually. I've said that so many times. Prayer is a vital role. In our world, you know, of calendars and clocks and so forth and instant microwaves, we can get so caught up with this concept of time where everything is instant. Instant popcorn, instant coffee, you know, I mean, microwave, you put almost any meal in there, you get it done in a fraction of the time that it would in a regular baking oven, you know. So in, in our world of cal calendars and clocks, we can get so caught up in this concept of things that we call time, right? But think about this now. You know, with, with, with a pregnancy, with a pregnancy, a mom can be expecting, and one child can be born later than the due date, all right? And then another child can be born earlier than the due date, okay? And if, you, if you're married with a wife and you have children and so forth, and, and you may recall if you have more than one, that, that maybe one of your babies came early, and maybe one of your babies came late, okay, based on our time and based on what the doctor said. Okay, the baby can be either earlier or later than the due date. So in human eyes, the first child was late and the second child was early. But in God's eyes, both children were on time. Think about that, okay? 
To us, human beings, one was late, one was early. But in God's time, both children were born on time. All right? God knew, knows what has to be done with the child while it's in the womb, so God does his developing. Okay, and we, we've all we've all heard the expression say, uh, you know, when someone says, "Oh, oh," to to a lady, "Oh, well, when are you due?" Well, the doctor said, you know, June fourth, just to pick a date, June fourth, and then quickly they say, you know, give or take two weeks, okay, because everyone has come to recognize the fact that even though the doctors can give you a due date, it can be earlier or later. But whenever that is earlier or later, by our standards, on God's timing, it's perfect because God knows when the baby is ready. Okay. Our concept of time is certainly not the same as God's concept of time because God is the creator of time and his timing is perfect. Okay. God created time. So therefore our concept is not the same as God's concept of time. Okay. Okay. One day is as a thousand years. God lives in a one continuous now. You've heard me say a dozen times. That's why he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That does not change. God does not have yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We are the only ones that are, 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 are governed by linear time. Okay? All right. so, so, so would you expect his timing to be anything less than perfect from a God who is perfect himself and if he created time? So that means that everything that he does is going to be perfect timing because God created time and he is perfect. Okay? The word itself, perfect, is defined as excellent or complete. Beyond improvement, perfect means without flaws, without any inaccuracy, but is indeed accurate in every single detail. That's perfection. That's what God is, perfection. Okay? So, so, so this is surely, you know, it sounds like our God. When it comes to God's perfect timing, he is never early, never late, and always on time. So remember that. Okay, if you get nothing out of this message today relative to spiritual growth and worrying about how things are going to mature or come to pass in your life. You know, and, and I know that waiting on God is never easy. I've been there, been there, done that, you know, and probably will have times when waiting on something will not be easy because that is a part of our lives here living on this physical earth and existing in this physical timing. Especially the more you are, the more you are hungry for the deeper things of God the longer it does seem to take. Okay? That's the part of the spiritual growth thing. You know, in order to grow, you need to be really hungry for the, for the word of it. You need to really be hungry to, to want to know God, you know, beyond a simple prayer. You know, you ever sit down and really ponder the deeper things of God's things that just kind of blow your mind and you try to figure it out? This is hungering to want to know about God. And you can get there. God will indeed respond to you. Okay? I know that it can be hard when you are believing and waiting on God to answer your prayers and you can be believing for a new job or healing in your body, you know, or for a baby to be conceived. Or maybe you're praying for guidance and making a life decision, you know, such as when to buy a house, when to change a job or career, when to move to another location. The list of what we are praying for and believing and waiting for can go on and on and on, depending on who you are and where you are in your life situation. You know, so we all have things where we need some sort of guidance. Okay. But God is never, never, never overly, never uh, early. And another place we see that is the story of Joseph in Genesis chapters 37, 39, and 50. It's a great example of God's timing. Timing that is not early, but perfect. Okay. And again, here to summarize, remember, Joseph was sold into slavery by his jealous brothers. 
He was sold off in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials who was the captain of the guard. Joseph then found favor in the eyes of Potiphar because Potiphar could see that the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in everything he did. Through everything, um, though Joseph went through a whole lot of uh, turmoil and things like that, the Bible says over and over that the Lord was with Genesis. Uh, I'm sorry, was with Joseph. You can see that in Genesis 39:2. The Bible says over and over the Lord was with Joseph, and Joseph went through quite a lot. Okay, while he was there. Okay, starting off with his brothers selling him into slavery in the first place. Okay, then it goes on, and Joseph winds up in jail. After being falsely accused of attacking Potiphar's wife, you may recall that. Okay, she came on to him, actually, and he fought her off. And then in the last uh, minute there, she screamed out that he tried to force himself upon her and called for the guards and so forth. All right. Now, however, even when Joseph was in prison, Joseph found favor uh, in the Lord's eyes and was put in charge of the prisoners, which specifically included two individuals. Okay. If you recall, the scripture talks about a cupbearer and a baker, okay, who offended their master, who was the king, uh, who was the king of Egypt, okay. Praise the living God, who was the king of, uh, was the king of Egypt. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, okay, just pausing for a moment here. Let me get to the uh, right section here. Amen. So then uh, he he was in jail, and then these two men had dreams one night. And God had given Joseph the ability to interpret dreams. Okay? And it just continues to, to grow here. It continues to move on. And so basically, the dreams meant that within three days, the cupbearer would be restored to the position as the king's cupbearer. And within three days, the baker would be hung on a tree and killed. And within three days, everything that Joseph said happened, proving that he had the gift of interpretation. Okay, proving his interpretations to be true. After Joseph interpreted the cupbearer's dream, he asked him, But when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. Okay, and as the story goes on, or as the events go on, unfortunately the cupbearer did not remember Joseph, and Joseph remained in prison for two more years. After all of that, two more years he stayed there. Now, Joseph didn't start crying out, God, what's going on? I've been here two years. I'm languishing in this prison. You know, what's happening? Get me out. Get me out. Get me out. Okay? See, and if I were Joseph, I would probably be pretty upset after this guy did not did not uh, um, do what I had asked him, you know, and remember me to uh, to plead my case, so to speak. And you'd probably feel the same way. All right. But God's timing is never early. It's always on time. Remember I said, okay, you see, if God had rescued Joseph from prison at that time, because of what the cupbearer told the king, Joseph would be put back into his original position as part of his servant. Okay. If he, if he, if he had rescued Joseph at that time, because what the cupbearer told the king, Joseph would then wind up being put back into his original position as Potiphar's servant. But God allowed two years to pass. Two years. God allowed two years to pass because God had something much greater in store for Joseph, even though Joseph didn't know it. See, now that's the, that, that's the beauty of just maturing and growing in God and sitting back and resting and knowing that God has a good thing for you, a good plan for you. 
that that Christian growth, that spiritual growth, and knowing that God has a good thing planned for you, all right, okay, will bring you through what you're waiting for right now. The questions that you have about your place in life, the questions that you have about what the next few months or next year or five years are going to look like, God has a plan, and God's going to work it through, and God will reveal them to you in steps, okay? He certainly didn't tell Joseph what was going to happen, all right? Two years went by, but God has something greater in plan in, in store for Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was remembered years later by the cupbearer when Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream that no one else could interpret. Okay? The cupbearer remembered and mentioned Joseph's name to Pharaoh and how accurate his interpretations were while they were in prison. All right? Now, you see how God does things? God will, will, will have you do something really outstanding, something perhaps even outrageous, and someone will be there to witness it perhaps. Someone will, will, will witness how, how you are, how talented maybe you are in a given situation. Okay? And then that someone at the appointed time, at the right time, may go on and pass that information on to your boss, someone in the family, a neighbor, whatever the situation might be. Okay, And you don't understand, you don't really know what's going on, you see, but God is there working. You see, so this, so this cupbearer mentioned, you know, say, hey, you know, you need someone to interpret that dream. I know someone, a guy named Joseph that I met in prison. Okay, So Pharaoh, Pharaoh called upon Joseph from prison, and God once again gave Joseph favor and the ability to interpret the king's dream. dream. The king's dream had a very specific instruction, very specific instructions for the land of Egypt to survive that famine, the great famine that was going on at that time, and a famine that they would face in the near future. Okay? All right, so Pharaoh had this dream. Joseph comes and interprets it and says, I'm going to tell you there's some specific things for the land of Egypt to survive this great famine. Joseph was then rewarded for interpreting the king's dream. All right? So it took the time for... For Joseph to stay there for those two years while this, these events played out. And this famine was about to, to come upon the land of Egypt. And Joseph, God had Joseph then brought to, the, to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. Okay, and then Joseph wound up being rewarded for doing that for the, uh, Pharaoh. Okay? And because of God's perfect timing, Joseph was placed second in command over all of Egypt. All right? Because of God's timing. God knew what he wanted to do and when he wanted it to unfold, okay? So can you believe that? I mean, two years went by. So, and then he wound up becoming second in command over all of Egypt. It's come a long way from someone who was thrown, uh, uh, thrown into slavery, sold into slavery by his own brothers. Now he is second in command. The man right under Pharaoh. Amen? God knows what he's doing. And the same thing, God knows what he's doing with you. He knows. Where he's going to promote you to or bring you to, the revelations that you will have and the position that you will be in, whatever that thing that you're hoping for and praying for, God will get you there in that time. Because you see, you know, while it may, maybe it's taking a week, two weeks, a month, six months or whatever, you don't know what God is doing during that, during that time. You don't know what's going on in the spirit realm. God does. So he's moving and positioning things around you and you to be prepared for where he wants you to be. Amen. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, you see in Genesis 41, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Okay. You see, sometimes when we doubt God's timing and feel that we have done enough waiting, 
We may not necessarily see the big picture, just like Joseph didn't see it. We have such, such, such limited views of our lives. God knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. He may not answer you too early because he has something much greater in store for you. Okay? Again, God is never late. On the late side, God's delays are not necessarily his denials. Again, I say to you, God's delays are not necessarily his denials. When you think that you've been waiting too long for an answered prayer and you pretty much think that your request is as good as dead, like Lazarus, God has a greater plan. Hear me now. God has a greater plan and purpose that can be beyond you and your prayer. His timing is perfect and is never late. God is not limited by our timetable. I keep saying to you, I say to you again, not limited by our timetable. You may not always understand his timing, but you must continue to trust and believe that our creator and the creator of this universe has got it together enough, more than you do. God's got it together. He knows what he's doing. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 say in, in, in the NIV say, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So when you get tired of waiting and feel like giving up, remember, God's timing is perfect. Never early, never late. He's always on time. Okay? God's thoughts are so far above ours. I mean, so, man, you know, we just cannot conceive of how he is, is, is planning and thinking and where he wants to take us and the things that are around us and how God is playing this, um, you know, I, boy, it's, it's like a master chess table there, you know, not, not that we're just pawns because God doesn't view us as pawns, but, but, but God is moving people, moving things around us to facilitate bringing us and getting us to where he wants us to be. He's doing that in your life, even though you can't see it. You know, you know, I say to people many times, like when they're waiting for a job offer to be fulfilled or waiting to be interviewed or called and whatnot, and it may take time, you know, there may be someone already in that position that God is moving someplace else so that things will be ready for you to get into that position. I've seen that happen in my career, you know, over the years. I've seen that happen. I didn't know it at the time what was going on, but God obviously certainly did. You see? You see, you see, so, so don't be deceived and, and don't let the devil start, start dragging you down with, oh, God didn't hear your prayer. Look how long it's taking. God's not going to answer that prayer. I mean, it's, it's taken, boy, how many months, how many weeks, how many years even? Okay. All right, all right. You don't know. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. So don't be so quick to get tired of waiting. Okay. A couple of reflection points. A couple of things to think on. What prayers are you waiting for God to answer? Okay? Think on that. Think on that later on today or tonight when you're in bed, you know, and you're, you're resting before you drift off and after you've said your prayers. Or maybe think about this before you pray. But what prayers are you waiting for God to answer? Have you been waiting so long that you're ready to give up? Have you gotten to the point where you're just saying, oh, well, it's been X number of days, X number of months, X number of years, maybe even. So eh, it's not going to be answered. So why should I just keep on praying that prayer? You know, I'll just give up on it. I'll think of something else, you know. You know, have you been waiting? 
Another another point for reflection is, do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? Think about that, okay? In the quiet of night, do you have a hard time trusting God's timing? Can you actually say to yourself or say to God, God, I give it all to you. Take it where you will. Heavenly Father, I pray for this, I pray for that, I pray that this happens with these people, I pray that my family this, I pray this, I pray this, I pray this. But God, I give it all to you, Lord, because I know that in your timing, when you are ready, all things will come to pass. And it will be a good thing. It will be for my benefit. So the question is, do you have a difficult time trusting God's timing? Have you, have you placed expectations on God to answer your prayers a certain way? At a certain time. This is, this is, you know, my way or the highway, you know, your way, you know, or God's way, your timing or is it God's timing? You know, have you placed expectations on God? Actually, that's putting expectations on yourself because God is going to do what he's going to do. All right. But you're doing yourself a disservice and you're stunting your Christian growth, your Christian maturity, if you are placing expectations on God to answer your prayers. Okay. In a certain way or within a certain time frame. All right. Because again, part of that growth is understanding that, that my ways, God's ways are not my ways. God's timing is not my timing. Okay. All right. You see, you see, so, so, so this growth thing here is understanding that, that I will not try to push off my expectations on God. Okay, that would fit in with my own agenda, being that things in my timing and things being done my way. So, a couple of points for for action here in winding down and giving you something to to think about, you know, is for you to, to, to pray for God to help you develop greater trust in Him and His timing. Talking about spiritual growth, Christian growth. Think about that. Ask God help you develop greater trust in Him and His timing, especially. Another thing is, do not give up praying, even when you feel like you can't wait any longer. Don't give up praying. One Thessalonians five seventeen says, "Pray without ceasing." You'll need to be persistent in prayer. Okay. Now, praying without ceasing doesn't. I mean, obviously, you can't just just pray twenty four seven. But 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 uh, praying without ceasing means that you know I just don't pray on Sundays. I just don't pray while I'm in church or now, like when we're going to church uh, uh, virtually. Praying without ceasing means that you're praying all the time. You know, okay. I mean, when you're doing the dishes, when you're in the shower. You know, when when you you're doing something in the car, when you're vacuuming out the trunk of the car, you can be praying. You know. And again, you've heard me say many times, you know, a prayer is not always in King James language with all the these and the thous in it. God and uh, God understands everyday English, you know. So just talk to him. Just talk to him. Have you had have you have you ever had a casual conversation with God? That's still praying, you know. It's still praying. People, oh, gee whiz, you, you know, blasphemy, Pastor. How can you say that? Just a casual conversation with God. Well, well, God speaks English, everyday English. He wants to know what's on your heart, not what's in an intellectual mind. The Word of God, New Testament, is so full of, you know, scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and how they, and how they prayed and all of this, you know, how they did. And, and deep in their hearts, you know, they, they were nothing but, but vipers, as Jesus called them, okay? So God looks at your heart. 
But have you given up on praying? Don't. Okay? Remember always that God's ways are not your ways and that his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. <coughs> Excuse me. He may not answer you when you want him or the way you want him to. But know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. <coughs> oh, excuse me. And for those who are called according to his purpose. So I pray that this message, <coughs> oh gee, excuse me, tickle in my throat here. <coughs> I pray this message has been a blessing to you. <coughs> and that you carry these thoughts into the balance of the day and the week ahead. Remember that God's timing is not your timing. But he is there to touch you and to grow you if you're willing to be grown. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that you are blessed by this message. And if so, let's now close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord God, Jehovah. We thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray that as we go into the balance of the day ahead and the week ahead of us until we gather together again next time, that we shall keep these words deeply rooted in our spirit so that they cannot be stolen away, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray, O Lord God, that we just continue to grow in you because our desire, O Lord God, is to know you more deeply and to be closer to you day by day, moment by moment. Heavenly Father, we just worship you and adore you. Glorify thy most wondrous name. I pray that you all go in the joy of the Lord, knowing that the joy of the Lord is indeed your strength, and that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Go forth this day and be blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen.